My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 27. Who would you be without your story? Journal entry. New addition to the list of animals seen from the camp, but I will get to that. One thing about living outside is that it does make you more hardy. You get a lot of little scrapes and bites and things in your eye. Some days, to be honest, this can feel like a slow attrition. I decided I would run to the far western boundary of the reserve, to a small anti-poaching camp there. The weather has been dark and gloomy, with a cold wind blowing. Some days when it's cold, the other side of solitude is just the feeling of being alone. With no stars and no moon, the night can kind of close in on you. It can feel oppressive, no matter how much meditation, journaling, qigong, yoga, chanting, singing, running, tracking you do. The isolation is just what it is, isolation. You might get a sense of the story I was in on day 27. Anyway, I ran out through high terrain, through dark soils and red grass. Far to the west I could see the Drakensberg Mountains. I ran through stony dolerite and open plains. I saw herds of wildebeest and zebra and even a family of ostriches. On my return leg, I felt my body starting to shut down. I was only at the halfway point and as far away from the camp as I would be. I was bonking, as athletes call it, when your body shuts down due to lack of calories. And you could throw in a bit of dehydration too. My legs started to shake and I felt like I could lie down next to the road and just fall asleep. I had eaten breakfast but fasted most of the day before and I was now going to pay the price for a severe lack of calories and electrolytes. What followed was about six kilometers of run-walking, self-motivating, mind games. Let's walk to that tree. Okay, now to that one. I felt totally flat, yawning. I fantasized about a Coke, something I haven't drunk in literally years. The animals must have been perplexed, watching this man go staggering past, muttering to himself. It was late afternoon by the time I made it back to the camp, in desperate need of food. As I entered the camp, I immediately sensed something was wrong. Two hyena were standing near the fire pit. One had my wash-up sponge in its mouth. 
Down at the crossing, I heard more hyenas cackling. <coughs> the fireside hyenas ran when they saw me, charging off towards the cackling. There was a feeling in the air that something was out of the ordinary. Something was going down. I ran to the base of the steps and saw five more hyena on the far sandbank of the river crossing. All of them had their tails up with excitement, and they were bobbing their heads and snarling. Well, this I have not seen. Then I saw them. A pack of twelve wild dogs, one of the rarest and most magical creatures of the African bush. Also known as the painted dog or painted wolf. Wild dogs are endangered on account of the distances they move, means that they often run out of the reserve and get killed by people. The dogs are the epitome of the pack mentality. They turned as one and launched a savage attack on the hyena. A massive pack fight ensued, the dogs relying on speed and numbers, the hyena relying on size and deadly jaws. I don't know if you have ever seen a dog fight. Well, times that by five hyena, a creature that would ingest an Alsatian without breaking a sweat, and then multiply it by 12 savage wild dogs, and then include the most insane sound effects you've ever heard, and you have the energy of what had broken out next to my camp. The hyenas were whooping and cackling. The dogs were growling and making a kind of excited squeal. A hyena got isolated and was bitten from all sides. Blood splattered and canines started turning red. The fight spilled over into the water. The dogs refused to be bullied and stayed offensive. The hyena kind of hung back but looked continuously for cheap shots. Suddenly the pack turned and they powered across the river to my side. A hyena that had heard the fray from far away ran through the camp right past me to join the fight. In an instant my energy was back. It was absolute pandemonium all around me. The dogs burst up the bank, pursued by hyenas, and dripping wet, ran through the camp, one even hurdling a dry goods trunk. I had been screaming into my radio for James, who runs the Londolozi storytelling blog, to get to the area. It was probably the most unprofessional radio procedure in the history of safari. Anybody, anybody, do you copy me? Anybody, do you copy me? Standing by. Dog fight! Dog fight over! Last station, go again with position over. Dog fight! Dog fight at my camp over! The dogs ran down the camp entrance road, turning back once to dust up a hyena that got too close. The hyena follow the pack. What they're trying to do is stay near the pack so that they can steal kills if the pack makes one. The stink of dogs hung in the air. They smell the absolute worst. I thought of what to do for a second, and then I ran after the whole bunch, not wanting to miss a fight, feeling totally energized. They broke out onto the clearing behind the camp and flushed a spring hare, who they caught and immediately ripped to pieces. Then one dog took on a zebra and ended up in a game of I chase you, you chase me, the zebra knowing it was too big for the dog to really mess with. Dogs ran in every direction. Impala kicked their hind legs in terror, and the pack caused havoc in the clearing. No one knew where to look. Not me, not the Impala, not the dogs, not the hyena. There were fights and hunts in every direction. 
A hyena tried to steal some scrub hair and got set upon from every angle by about five dogs. Eventually, he backed himself into a thorn bush, so he was the, <laughs> so he only had to defend his front section. <laughs> the dogs tore up the clearing. James arrived with his camera out, filming one-handed whilst driving off-road. The dogs killed an impala, and there the hyena pounced, moving in on the meat. The fight erupted again, and this time the hyena were way more motivated for meat. Nothing places the survival, nothing plays the survival percentages with the skill of a hyena. A dog that had been separated earlier started to call from across the river, a strange hooting sound. It, I felt absolutely fine, energized even. I could have run 20 miles. I totally forgot to tell my story about having a bad day. <laughs> I went back to the camp as night was falling. The spiritual teacher Byron Katie always asks, who would you be without your story? Meaning, in this moment, without the story, I'm all alone, or I'm exhausted, or no one cares, who would you be? It's a wonderful sentence to refer back to. Usually without the story, you just find yourself sitting in a chair somewhere or run walking down the road. So much suffering is the story. And we all have that friend whose story of being a victim we have heard for 20 years now. Or the rich person whose story is they won't have enough. The person you always offer to help but won't abandon their story of I have to do it all alone to the point that they can't even acknowledge you offered help, or you do help them all the time. The person who you really understand, but won't see you understand, because their story is that no one really gets them. Clean pain is when we bang our leg, and we feel the pain, and we rub it. Ouch. Dirty pain is when we tell the story of being a clumsy idiot for the next 10 years. You get the idea. Even just the awareness that mostly we live in our story of what's happening rather than what's happening is powerful. And it's amazing how the stories we believe seem to always come true. I mean, just believe the story I always get overlooked and see how that prophecy self-fulfills. There's a weird metaphysical component to how life follows our stories. The key, it seems, is to pay attention to the ones that cause suffering. And the question then is, so what story are you telling yourself that's causing you to suffer? Because what I'm saying is you have basically two options to become more aware. You can start asking yourself what story you're telling about yourself or the moment when you're suffering, or you can get in a hyena wild dog pack fight both seem to work for me. 4-0, out. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.